Today on the International Gospel Hour, the Apostle Paul stated that I may know Him, meaning Christ. So today let us learn and really know Christ, so we will know how to serve Him. And that's our study today from the International Gospel Hour. Stay tuned. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wishful eye. Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For 80 years, churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. Starting now. Thank you, R.J. Webb, and greetings to all of you for joining us today here for our broadcast of the International Gospel Hour. This weekly broadcast comes to you each week. It's one of our lengthier broadcasts, and we love to spend time in a study of the Word of God. We'd like for you, if convenient, to reach for your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 3, verses 9-11. through 11. We try to address our broadcast where an individual can listen uh, without their Scripture being handy, but in our lengthier studies, we like to encourage to have the Scripture available. So whether you have it in paper, print, or on your phone, whatever the case might be, let's turn our Bibles to Philippians chapter 3, verses 9-11. through 11. You know, friends, you can ask the average person, do you know Jesus Christ? And you will probably get a yes answer. Maybe it would be a, I know who he is, or I know of him, or I know about whom you are speaking. But if we presented the question, do you really know Christ? Well, that might get people to thinking just a little bit more. You know, the Apostle Paul desired to know Christ. Listen to Philippians 3, 9-11. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made or being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Now let's think about this text from Philippians 3, 9-11. This is written to servants of Christ and to all the saints in Christ Jesus, Philippians 1 and verse 1. That is, the Christians, the called out of Christ, His church, that assembled at Philippi. Now we find verse 9 of individuals who are found in Him. That would be the servants of Christ, the saints in Christ Jesus, found in Him, found in Christ because of the faith of Christ. Now that is where righteousness of God dwells, as Paul affirmed in Romans 3.22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. Friends, one is justified by the faith of Christ, Galatians 2, verse 16. Again, individuals found in Christ because of the faith of Christ, recognized, if you will, as the gospel system, the one faith of Ephesians 4 and verse 5 that is also noted as the faith. In Galatians 1 and verse 23, Paul affirmed that this was the faith of which he was preaching. In Acts 6 and verse 7, we find where many 
were converted or they obeyed the faith. In Acts 14.22 and Colossians 1.23, this is the faith of which the church was taught to continue therein in the faith. And in Jude verse 3, the faith of which the faithful should always stand and contend therein. The faith which was delivered once for all, meaning that this is the faith of Christ. This is what is taught, the gospel system of which we believe and we defend. So as Paul was found in Christ, it's interesting to see his next phrase from verse 10 of Philippians 3, that I may know him. Now, Paul had spoken with the Lord on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, even called him Lord, did what the Lord asked and commanded of him to do. Now, one would think, and rightfully so, well, Paul, you know the Lord. You are in Christ. But context of Philippians 3, verses 9 through 11, supports, as we will see in our study, Paul wanted to really, really know Christ. Now, the word know, as used here in Philippians 3 and verse 10, means to recognize or to become acquainted with, for example, a personal knowledge, not just one theoretically. So, Paul wanted to recognize, to become acquainted with. In other words, a desire to know Christ more and more, for Paul to root his faith deeper in Christ, to know and to grow. Paul's goal? Well, to increase knowledge of Christ. Learning what Christ did so he would know what to do. I love that, folks. When you research and study this text, Paul's goal was to increase the knowledge of Christ. He wanted to learn what Christ did, how Christ walked in his life. In Acts 10 and verse 38, how Christ went about doing good. He wanted to learn what Christ did so Paul would know what to do. How can I take what Christ did, make that of my life and what I will do? I love that, friends. Learning what Christ did so we can know what to do. Now, let's take a few moments and see, as Paul did, the aim of really knowing Christ. Let's see what Paul did. And then, friends, we will know what we can do. But before we engage in our study, here is a free tool for your smartphone from the International Gospel Hour. Here's our J-Webb with the details. The International Gospel Hour app is available for your iPhone or Android. Go to the App Store for iPhones and Google Play for your Android. Search International Gospel Hour and download our app absolutely free. You can have access to our website, social media, podcasts, our YouTube channel, and other resources, all by the touch of your finger in the palm of your hand. Please download the International Gospel Hour app today. Dear friends, if one really knows Christ, number one, one must know the power of his resurrection. Again, Paul's desire in Philippians 3 verse 10. He begins this list of knowing Christ, really knowing Christ, and meaning in that same way experience the power of his resurrection. 
which actually overflows and is active in the believers of Christ. You know, dear friends, the day that the world calls Easter Sunday, we see quite often people post the day before or the day of that He is risen. And on the day the world calls Easter Sunday, He is risen. But dear friends, may we defer from that? He has been risen a long time. If we allow one day to remind us or to put us in memory of the resurrection of Christ, dear friends, I submit to you, we are missing it. You know, I awakened this morning, and guess what, friends? He is risen. And if I live and rise tomorrow, He is still risen. We do not need to confine that to a day that, let's be honest, friends, is not affirmed as a religious holiday in the Scriptures, But the resurrection of Christ is a life and to know that power every day as it's part of our lives. For example, because he is still risen, let's look at the power of the resurrection. The power of his resurrection gives an individual the powerful message, the gospel of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4 reminds us how the Scriptures teach that the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ indeed is the gospel message. So, dear friends, the power of the resurrection, yes, He is risen. That power is available every day through the gospel message. Continuing some thoughts from 1 Corinthians 15, The power of His resurrection grants one a strong faith, not a vain or empty faith. That's 1 Corinthians 15, verses 14 and 17. You see, if Christ did not rise from the dead, our faith is vain. Why even believe? He is still there in the grave, just like a common, everyday individual. But not Christ, friends. He arose from the dead. Let me embrace the power of that resurrection every day through my faith. The power of His resurrection allows one to experience newness in Christ. Is that not what Paul said in Romans chapter 6, beginning with verse 3? Then know you not, as so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death, therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should be raised to walk in newness of life. Have you ever considered that true biblical baptism in Christ, when one is immersed in water, one is raised in newness of life? Friends, newness of life is not available through faith alone, through repentance alone, through confession alone, but when one is baptized into Christ and is raised up, That's where the newness of life begins. And Paul goes on to remind us in Romans 6, verse 5, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man of sin is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that from now on or henceforth we should not serve sin. When is the body of sin destroyed when we are baptized or buried into Christ? Again, Romans 6, 3 through 6. Dear friends, I realize the religious world will question the validity of baptism and not see that it is essential unto one's salvation. 
But may we go back to the Bible for our authority and not the religious world in general. And when we go back to the Bible as our authority, then we see God's will for our lives. The power of His resurrection, it made Christ the head of the church over and above all. I love to read Ephesians 1, 19-23, where God put all authority under Christ, put all authority under His feet, gave Him to be head over all things to the church which is His body. Oh, friends, we have to ask, are you a member of the church we read of in the New Testament, the pre-denominational body of Christ? where denominations does not exist, but we were part of the church. And, dear friends, you can be a member of the church today and not be a member of a denomination, and that should be our goal, biblically and spiritually. You see, the power of His resurrection makes that possible, and Christ is the head of His church, and I will trust in the head of His church any time. How about the power of His resurrection will grant one a hope in this life and the life hereafter? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9, Paul said, If in this life only, only, if you will, we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable or pitiful or pitiable. Dear friends, when you think about it, there is a hope for a life better than this. But while here... The resurrection of Christ gives the obedient a place wherein to stand. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Gives hope in Christ as He is risen every day. How He redeems us, according to Ephesians 1, 7. To the child of God, the redeeming blood that continues to cleanse. 1 John 1, 7 through 10. He is on the Father's right hand, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, making intercession for us this very moment, Hebrews 7, 25 and 26. One will know and understand the power of His resurrection when one is obedient to His will and walks therein. Number two, if one really knows Christ, one must have a part in His sufferings. Paul called it the fellowship in Philippians 3.10. Again, now here is Paul. Really knowing Christ, the word and that I may share joins together the fellowship of his sufferings. And oh my, was Paul not sharing and participating in the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ? When we go back to Philippians 1 verses 12 through 14, kind friends, he is in prison at that time. Here are two biblical facts of suffering, dear friends. According to 1 Peter 4.16, a Christian will suffer in life spiritually. And in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6-18, or verses 16-18, through 18, I should say, a Christian will suffer in life physically. I mean, you know, tornadoes, hurricanes, typhoons, COVID-19, loss of jobs, layoffs, Loss of life. Yes, friends, we acknowledge there is suffering in this world. But, but, one more time, let us really know Christ with our sufferings. I take us back now in the context of John 13, beginning with verse 21, and I want to carry that through John 14 and verse 6. Now, we do not have the time available to read the text, but let's note some key things in the following. In verse 21, the Bible says Jesus was troubled in spirit. That's John 13, 21. In other words, 
Christ knew of his impending death, thus the struggle. He had dealt with Judas's behavior, or was about to, Judas's betrayal and departure, verses 22 through 30, and he even told Peter that he would deny him, verses 36 through 38. But with all of this, when we come to John 13, 34, and 35, he reminded them to love one another, and that love that's called the greatest, according to 1 Corinthians 13, 13. He then comforted their troubled heart, John 14, 1, revived their faith, John 14, 1, gave them hope that there was a mansion better that he would go prepare, John 14, 2, and 3, and that he would return, John 14, 3. Now, friends, Christ's grief and struggles were much greater, yet how he comforted the eleven. Amazing! What a Savior! Jesus cares for hearts that are troubled and that are struggling. Dear friends, we need to make certain Jesus is in our heart that when trouble comes, the first thing trouble sees is our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you know, friends, one can have that same assurance that through all we face, He is the way, the truth, and the life, John fourteen six. Through His sufferings, He is there for ours. And this we must know. And are we willing to turn to Him for His help if one really knows Christ? Third, if one really knows Christ, one must be conformed unto His death. Back to Philippians 3.10. By being continually conformed or inwardly into His likeness, even to His death, dying as He did. Paul is speaking of his assurance in Christ. I mean, had he not earlier said in Philippians 1.21, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now consider how Paul was looking at death. It was because Paul prepared himself to live. As noted, one is risen with Christ in baptism, Romans 6.3-5, but as risen we were buried with him. How Paul looked at death is because he prepared to live. One is forgiven. Trespasses are gone. Listen to Colossians two twelve and 13. Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Friends, may I address something here that the religious world and our friends in the religious world will sometimes accuse members of the churches of Christ of teaching a doctrine that we're simply not teaching. When one teaches that baptism is a work of man... My friends, we've never taught that in the churches of Christ because the Bible does not teach that. But it does teach that baptism is the working of God. When we are obedient to God in baptism, we're going to be raised with Him through faith in the working of God. I believe in the working of God that when I'm raised up from the dead or I'm raised up in newness of life from baptism, I believe in the working of God that He has forgiven. I believe in the working of God He has taken my trespasses away. Therefore, I can affirm of First Peter 3.21, 
There is also an antitype going back to Noah and the ark. There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism. Folks, there it is. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Now watch. How is all that available? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, dear friends, if one is not risen with Christ, one is still dead, according to Ephesians 2.1. The older word there is quicken, meaning to produce and preserve. Oh, that's beautiful. To produce one now in Christ and to preserve them in Christ. And if one is risen with Christ, one needs to make certain he or she is focusing on the things above, Colossians 3, 1 and 4. Buried in death, risen in life, with hope, my friends. Conformed in his death and not conformed to the world, Romans 12, 2. This we must know. Dear friends, have we brought forth some matters today from the Word of God that have prompted you to think? Would you like to continue looking at these things through an exceptional online Bible course? It's absolutely free. Here's our J-Webb to tell you about our co-laborers at the World Bible School and their online Bible course. We have an exceptional online Bible course we'd like to offer. Like all our offerings, it is absolutely free and available through our friends at World Bible School. All you'll need to do is go to worldbibleschool.org and register. You'll be provided a study helper who can answer questions and provide feedback for your lessons. It's a great opportunity. And again, we offer a free online study at worldbibleschool.org. Please sign up today. And now, let's keep pursuing God's Word. If one really knows Christ, let's consider the fourth one. One must attain unto the resurrection of the dead. That's Philippians 3.11. Paul said, If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So one will attain, or if you will, lay hold on to something. So Paul says, Let me lay hold of the power of his resurrection. I want to resurrect from the dead, and I need to hold to his power. It's the same power that Paul desired for the Ephesians to know and to understand, Ephesians 1, 18-20. It is a power that is first experienced in baptism into Christ, as we have noted on a couple of occasions through our study from Romans 6, 3-6. Ultimately, it is our own bodily resurrection, Philippians 3, 20 and 21, to where we will be raised and not according to our vile bodies, but a new body. In John five twenty eight and 29, Jesus said, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Dear friends, there is more to this old life than how we are living now. And we must know this, knowing the resurrection of Christ that there is something better that's ahead. You may have heard me use this illustration before, but it's worthy to use now. There was a dear lady that was a wonderful cook, and when people would visit her home and have a meal with her, she would always tell them, Hold on to your fork, something better is coming. Of course, they knew they would have one of her wonderful delicacies of desserts. Hold on to your folks, friends, something better is coming. When the lady passed from her life, somebody took a fork 
and placed it in her hand. This lady had lived a faithful Christian life, and it represented what she encouraged other people to do. She had her fork, but if you will, symbolically, meaning something better is coming. To the Christian, something better is coming. But we must know Christ. We must embrace His resurrection in obedience to His will. And dear friends, when we do that, then we will know Christ, really know Christ, and embrace His resurrection. If we believe in Christ as He commands in John 8, 24, if we will repent as He commands in Luke 17, verse 5, or rather Luke 13, verse 5, if we will confess Him as He commands in Matthew 10, 32, and 33, and yes, once again, if we're baptized into Christ as He commanded in Mark 16 and verse 16, and then we are walking faithful unto Him, Revelation 2 and verse 10, as He commanded, then, friends, you and I will grow every day embracing the resurrection of Christ. Let's pause here. We'll be back very quickly with some words of our friends of House to House, Heart to Heart. We at International Gospel Hour appreciate our co-laborers at HouseToHouse.com, an outstanding website with topic research, free materials, and an excellent media section. Check it out today at HouseToHouse.com. That's HouseToHouse.com. Dear friends, if one really knows Christ, one will be obedient unto Christ and to be placed in Him and in His church. One will then embrace the power of His resurrection, to have a part in the sufferings of Christ being made conformed unto His death, and we will attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Yes, dear friends, we must know Christ. What a joy it is to study the subject of the resurrection of Christ and the plan of salvation according to God and His will. And dear friends, we're going to continue our studies together another time. As always, thanks for joining me today here on the International Gospel Hour broadcast. I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, until next time, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh.